Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. A new year approaches, so we're making resolutions about health and wealth, but how about putting them together and developing healthy financial habits? Jeff Green, Lauren Smith, what say you? How about some guidance? Well, it's that time of year, Lauren. It is. And this is going to be a fun podcast. And it's nothing, you know, none of the information that's going to be out there today is anything that you haven't heard before. But it's the beginning of the year. And it's, you know, a time to reflect on the past year and maybe some things you didn't do the way you would have liked to do and make the changes that you would like to do in the new year. Happy New Year, by the way. I know. 2022 is kind of exciting. Hello. Yes. Happy New Year, Patrice. We couldn't do this without you. You know that. I know. That's one thing. That's our resolution for the year to keep Patrice around as long as we can. That's right. That's that's my New Year's resolution. Well, tell me about these healthy financial habits, though, because I'll tell you, I could use some help. You know, a lot of these healthy financial habits, they're things that you should be doing regardless of age, regardless of employment status. The first one, just a simple one, think about your budget. So when you're in your working years, your budget can involve savings, right? If the more you're honed in on how much you actually need to spend to live and to do the fun things that you want, but within reason, it allows you to see how much you're able to save. So while you're working and you have a very clear budget, you're able to say, hey, you know what? I only need X amount a month. And that gives me a little bit more than I thought each month to save. And then when you're in retirement, a lot of our clients, they come up with a number when they retire. I need $50,000 a year to live. And then over the course of their retirement, things change. Maybe the house gets paid off. Maybe things, you know, there's Mm -hmm. more expenses, less expenses. So it's always good to reevaluate your budget and really say, you know, am I still spending that $50,000 a year or has that gone down? Can I adjust and maybe gone up or maybe it's gone up? Yeah. And that, that budgeting thing is really, it's, I think it's equally, you know, a lot of in, in the working years, I don't think you think about it as much maybe, right. You know, you know, the next paycheck is always coming, right. In most cases, yeah. anyway. but in retirement, you've gone from the labor side of capitalism to the capital side of capitalism. You're no longer working long and hard for your money, but now your money is working long and hard for you. And so you've got to make sure that you are budgeting properly that so that, you know, we call it, you know, killing the goose that's laying the golden egg, right? So if you're spending that principle down, then it's not going to be there to produce the next company, the next paycheck, right? So that that budgeting part, I think on both sides of things and back on, back to the working side of things, you know, it's important that make sure that we're saving enough, right, for retirement. That, that, and that's in part of the budget, the saving side. So that's part of the budget because if we're not saving enough in retirement, we won't be retiring, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, with the budget, it's just something that gets on autopilot. This is how much I spend each month. And you don't really take the time to reevaluate it that often because it's working, it's getting the job done, but it's always a good thing, especially at the beginning of the year when you're in the mindset of, you know, let's revamp, let's improve. It's just a good thing to focus on and make sure you're still on track. So what's a good way you think to track your budget? You got any tips for us out there? You know, there's apps out there that can help. Um, There's an app like such as Mint where it shows your spending. And if you really review that, you can say, you know what, I'm spending a lot of money each month on food. I'm going out way too much. Maybe if I cook dinner three nights a week instead of going out, maybe that it gives you room to really look and see where you're spending. And then you can really reflect on what areas you can adjust and what sandwich night. 
Yeah, do a sandwich night. Ramen noodles are always a low cost option. <laughs> yeah. It was it was beans and weenies when I was growing up. Beanies and weenies. <laughs> but but well, people you... have to be honest with themselves when they're putting this budget together, and I'll bet you a lot of people aren't. Yeah, I think that's real key, Patrice. I think for myself personally, I get in denial sometimes. You know, I spend. I, I would agree I, with that. I know I spend a lot of money <laughs> on things that I shouldn't. My dog gets treated better I go, than. I wanna, you know. Let me interject here for just a second, Patrice. <laughs> I got to tell you something. The UPS lady here, she is such a sweetheart. We've become very good friends. We buy our Christmas present, right? We love our UPS lady, but she hates Lauren. She doesn't hate me. <laughs> I don't know. Patrice, she's delivering five packages a day. I think she's <laughs> curious about me oh, and doesn't understand. Oh, after Black Friday, I cannot tell. I think this girl broke her back. Did she? Is she in traction no, or something? She is fine. I mean, she's not her hurt. Patrice, you would not believe the amount of packages that have been delivered to this office. Always, so, always Lauren's name on it. So I'm a sucker for a deal. I love a sale. <laughs> and I have this thing where throughout the year, and I've already started my list for next year, throughout the year, if there are some big purchase items that I need that maybe aren't total necessities, I put them on a list. And then when Black Friday comes around, I circle back on that list and I say, okay, do I still need this <laughs> giant TV that's high Do I still need that $10,000 espresso maker? Okay. Yeah, the answer is no. I didn't get the espresso <laughs> maker, but I was curious to see on Black Friday what kind of sales it would generate. So I think it's very financially savvy because I don't go out and buy things full price. I save throughout the year. That's it. That's I, funny. That, I like the way you turn that no, around. I save throughout the year for these items. And then it gives me time to say, okay, five months has gone by. Do I still really want this item? And if I do, and it's on sale, I will oh. get it. You and make maybe, a list of these things? No, really? Yes, I do. I have, I have a list going. I already typed something for next year. I already forgot what it was. I, I think maybe what really makes the UPS lady mad is that after she delivers all these packages, oh, yeah, this is pretty bad. Lauren opens them and then decides she doesn't want them oh, and no. returns them. So then the lady has to take them back down. I'm going to get her a really nice Christmas gift this year. I okay, we're getting off topic here on this podcast. Not This is not about bashing my Black Friday habits. So we're talking about being honest about your budgets. Yeah, we're just talking about yes. being honest. That's, yes. what, that's what this was about. And I don't think you need to be honest with yourself, Lauren. I budget all year for Black Friday. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. So moving on, you know, another thing when you're talking about your budget, another thing that you should review each year are your goals. And so I think this is especially important for both people in retirement and people that are still working. You know, when you plan for your retirement, you make these lofty goals. I want to buy a beach house. I want to travel here. I want to do this. And sometimes we see with clients that you retire and then life just starts to happen, right? Maybe there's a health issue or maybe the house needs a new roof or just things start to happen and life gets in the way it does right? and then i've seen these clients come in with these really grand retirement goals and then they maybe don't happen at all or that quickly and so i think it's good in the beginning of the year to really sit back for yourself and say you know what are these things what are my bucket list what are, what things am i crossing off in life that are bringing me joy because it is we all get in the habit day to day of just the grind of life and so in your retirement years Make sure you're, you know, revisiting these goals each year. And then when you're in your working years, make sure you're planning these goals. So start setting the goals for the future so that it's giving you something to work for, to save for. You know, if you don't have goals for your retirement, what's the point of saving? I mean, you should, you know, you right. should be doing it, but if you're not saving for anything, it makes it harder to you're put that money saving, away right. you're just saving because the... you're supposed to. Right. So I think it's a really good thing at the beginning of the year where you're going to be in the best shape of your life and you're going to be this whole new person 
you know, look at how you want your life to look for the year and the things you want to accomplish. And I think that's just something that we all don't reflect on our goals enough and make sure that we're accomplishing them. Yeah. I'll give you an example. So, you know, the March madness, right. It's a big deal with me and my boys, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody here me on these podcasts on my boys got three of them. They're, you know, they're a joy, right? right. <laughs> Most of the time, sometimes, but so we, we like to do, we like to go to the final four and we haven't been in a couple of years last year due to COVID. And then you know, I think the year before that last, we had some scheduling conflicts, but we like going that. And it's in different cities all around the country. This year it's in new Orleans, you know, it's, and it's not cheap to go to this thing. I mean, these tickets are expensive depending where oh, you go, expensive. you got to fly there, you got to stay there, you know, they jack the prices up and whatever city you're at at hotels, then you got to eat. So it's kind of a whole ordeal I've been planning for, right? Cause I knew that this year we're going to go and it's been a couple of years. So I've, I've given this to my boys as a Christmas present, a trip to New Orleans to watch the final four. But you know what? All through the year, I kind of knew I was going to be doing this. So it's like put a little bit of money here, a little bit there, just to make sure that when time comes, you know, I'm not getting hit with that one big bill all at once. Yeah. And that's a great thing. I mean, you're giving them an experience. So that's an awesome, yeah. you know, crossing that off the bucket list, getting an experience. That's yeah, a bucket list. Thing. You know, I'm all about bucket list too. I love a good bucket list. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crossing them off. I need to start making some bucket lists you too. Do. And you know what? I'm going to tell you this just because we're talking about bucket lists. You don't, don't wait till retirement to live your bucket list. You, you start, you write your bucket list down now. Whenever, how, whatever age you may be, write it down. Get them going. Get your bucket list items down and, and update it every year. Do it. I go through this exercise every year and my values kind of shift as we age. Different things mean different things are, you know, have a different meaning for you. And then your bucket list can change. And it's okay to mark something off your bucket list that no longer pertain. It's not important to you, right? Any longer. So, I mean, I've updated, I've t- taken things off, I've added to, but I believe in living your bucket list now. Yeah. Right? I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot too. Yeah. All right. So what's another thing we should do? You know, one, another thing kind of boring, but beginning of the year, check your credit report, check your credit That's score. A good one, yeah. You know, it's, it's something that you kind of don't think about until you need to go apply for credit or you need a loan or there's some need for it. And then you look and you say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I had a bill I didn't pay or a credit card that hasn't been paid. So there's things. When it comes to credit reports, even if you have, let's say you have a, an open line of like, you know, in a department store or whatever, some credit card that you opened years and years ago that you no longer use, but it's still open and it still affects your credit. Cancel those, get rid of them. If you're not going to use it, I would, I would never recommend anyone using department store credit cards or anything like that. Anyway, use one or two credit cards. I have a business and a personal credit card. That's it. And any credit card purchase goes on one of those. So, cause when you start expanding your credit, it it decreases your score. Mm -hmm. And some ways, you know, some ways to improve your credit score, pay your bills on time. So make sure that if you've got a credit card, no brainer, but I mean, you know, and I'm on, cause I'm the world's worst at that. And I put everything on auto pay. And you've got, and that's a great strategy because you got burned a couple times (laughs) by not remembering the date. And it's, you know, it's hard for you. You've got a business card, a personal card. They have conflicting dates. You have, it's like, you have to be on your game all the time, remembering to pay the credit card. So, you know, as Jeff said, pay down credit card debt. So that can help also close debt, close cards out there that don't (laughs) exist, lower your credit utilization, and then pay attention to your credit report. There can be errors in there sometimes. And so if you're aware and you're paying attention and at least looking at it once a year, every couple months, it gives you the option to dispute something that you see that might be fraudulent. So just be aware of it. It's one of those things you don't really think about until you need it, but right. you'll be glad if you 
Good one. That's a good one. Well, she got one. So let's see estate planning. So changes happen during the year, right? And sometimes when you're planning at the beginning of the year, there's unanticipated things that happen towards the middle or end of the year that you might not have thought about or planned for in the beginning. So, you know, now that we're at the beginning of the year, think back to last year, any changes, any marriages in the family, grandkids, kids, somebody you want to remove from your will, Somebody you want to remove from the will, you know, any um, unfortunate people passed away in your family that need to be maybe taken off of the will there, you know, there's unfortunately things like that, that sometimes are hard, they're hard to think about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and those are all things that when you keep track of on a personal basis, and then there are things you can't really control tax law. Well, you can't control a lot of those things, but you mentioned, but anyway, like the government type stuff, like tax law changes and things like that, that affect your estate plan. If you have a good estate attorney who has put your estate plan together, then they typically send these changes out to you to let you know, remind you. And oftentimes we just throw that piece of paper in the mail or delete that email that needs to be paid attention to. And we need to act upon it. And if you're working with an advisor, let them know about the changes that that have gone on in your life. Sometimes things happen and you get caught up in it and then you forget to mention, Oh, I have a new grandchild. That's very important to me that, you know, my IRA is now given. Right. And you're that, well, that should be some of the questions that your advisors ask you, right. You you, you know, what changes, what, yeah. And and that's, you know, we have a checklist of questions that we ask our clients that that's what, what, what's going on, what's new, what any, any changes in new grandbabies, whatever those need to be asked because they affect things. Yeah. So if someone else, should you wait for your advisor to to come and get in touch with you or should you sit down at the beginning of the year and say, I'm going to put a call in and I'm going to make sure that everybody knows these are the changes. Well, you can always put that call in. If you're with if you're with a good advisor, they're going to have these kinds of meetings with you periodically, and they're going to those things should come up. The advisor should be asking those things. If they're not, find another advisor that will. But yeah, but yeah, you're right, Patrice. It never hurts to be proactive either. Yeah, if something happens, you buy a new house, sell a house, have a new grandchild, have a new marriage, call your advisor, let them know. That way, paperwork can get moving. You never know when you're going to need things updated, and you want, it's better to be prepared and on top Very of it. Very true. Very true. So another thing for the beginning of the year is IRA planning. So this is something that really pertains to you, whether you are working or retired and just something to think about for the year. If you're in your working years and are able to make IRA contributions or Roth contributions, start mapping that out this year. So is it something you're able to make in a lump sum? Hey, I can pay all of it this month and have it invested for the year. Or should you make a payment plan where you say, I'm going to do $250 a month or $300 a month so that you can get the maximum contribution amount. And then in your retirement years, start thinking about your IRA for the year. So a lot of clients, when they're retired, their source of funds is their IRA. So this comes back to budgeting and goals, but the amount you pull out of your IRA is going to be taxed as income. So the start of the year is a fresh, clean slate. You've taken nothing out. You've got no tax consequences from the IRA. So start thinking, am I pulling out more than I need? Is this still in line with my budget? What about Roth conversions? You know, we talk a lot about required minimum distributions. Do we want to start doing some planning for required minimum distribution time? Do we want to start doing some really strategic things with the IRA? If you're not working with an advisor, you know, start thinking about that for yourself. Hey, I have this money in IRA. What's the plan? And just start thinking about that. You know, the beginning of the year is a good time just to map out for the year. Cause as I said, it's a clean slate and you're Every, you know. like, like we always say to our clients, every tax year is a resource. And, and there's, there's some really great things you can do with Roth conversions. 
while we're still allowed to do them, right? Which may change at some point. But in, in overall planning of things, doing some, if it pertains to you, right? If this is the right thing for you and certainly you'll consult your tax advisor and your financial advisor and make sure this works for you. But you can do a lot of, you can have a lot of lifetime savings doing some Roth conversion. Yeah. I'm talking big numbers mm-hmm. with saving in taxes. And, you know, it's funny. We have some clients that, you know, want to pay zero amount of taxes to whatever administration. I'm not, it doesn't matter yeah. which one's in. I've had it on all kinds of different <laughs> administrations. They don't want to, I don't want any, send any money to the government this year. Okay, well, then let's plan for that, right? And uh, no, that's not me to judge. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to help plan, right? Yeah. That's all we do. But it, but it takes that planning process and it takes, you know, recognizing that, hey, this is what I want to do and talk it over with your advisors. And, you know, one other thing I'm thinking of just as a good beginning of the year, thinking about refinancing. So if that's something that's been in the back of your mind, I know we have a few clients that keep talking about it. And yes, there's some paperwork and it's, you know, it's not just, Hey, I want to refinance. Great. It's done. You got to go through some steps and there's some things that have to happen, but it's the beginning of the year. Think about it. If this is something that's been on your mind, now's a great time to act on it. And it's refinancing or getting a mortgage is so difficult these days. The mounds of paperwork that you must go through and sticking your financial tongue out and saying, ah, you know, it's just, it's cumbersome. It's a pain in the butt, but here's what we got to keep in mind. You got to keep in mind lowering that mortgage from a half a percent or a full percentage point. Look at the dollars you will be saving over the course of that loan. And that should be, once you see that number, that should motivate you to go through the pain mm-hmm. that it is to do the brief refi that mortgage, because that's a big number. If, if somebody said, Hey, look, I'm going to hand you $500,000. All you got to do is some paperwork. Some paperwork. What, what would you say? <laughs> I'd probably say, yeah. <laughs> I say, okay, no problem. I said, but it's going to be a pain in the butt. You know, you're not going to like it. No problem. But I'm going to get 500 grand. No problem. Yeah. Where do I start? So look at it that way, right? When, when it comes to, you know, having to go fill that mortgage paper out. And I think, you know, this kind of ties back into budgeting for the year and really looking at how much you're spending. Sometimes, you know, with the house, it's an auto payment thing. You get so used to this amount going directly to the house each month. It's easy, but forget about it, right? Out of sight, out of mind. But when you really look at it in the context of, wow, I spend this much a month and X amount of that is my mortgage. Let's just see what would happen if I refinanced and lowered that. How much would that free up a year? How much extra could you save? And now if you're saving that and it's potentially compounding and growing over the next 20, 30 years as you lead up to retirement, how much is that? little bit of paperwork you have to do today going to be worth in the long run. And, you know, it's something that as life goes on, you think about it, you forget about it. But as you're really at this time of year, really focusing on what do I want to do better than I did last year? What kind of person do I want to be? What changes do I want to make? This is a good one just to think about for yourself and decide if this year's the year to refinance or not. Absolutely. Good job today, Lauren. Thank you so much. How do you think, (laughs) Patrice, how do you think Lauren did today? I think she did A plus plus. Thanks, guys. You know, new year, new you. Yes, everyone's got to step it up. May I make step up our content? Step your game up. Yeah. May I make a suggestion that in another episode coming up pretty soon, we actually talk about how to put together a budget. It's not a bad idea. Love it. Thanks for the topic, Patrice. Yeah. Yeah. And another one we want to talk about this year is subscriptions. So we all fall into Netflix, Hulu. I mean, I don't know how many subscriptions I have. And I think there's some statistic out there that there is a number that $39 where 
it's annoying to right. pay, yes. but it's not painful right. enough right. that you're going to take right. the time to cancel it. Right. I'll do some research to find out what the actual number is before we talk about this. But there are apps now out there that help you manage subscriptions. So they'll go, I don't know how it I don't know how it works. This is a little preview. Well, yeah, I will have all the information. So this will be in the next few weeks, though. Yeah, right? yeah. so we'll do okay. something like that and teach you. There's apps. They go out there and they basically say, hey, did you know that you paid $10,000 <laughs> $10, a month on Netflix and Hulu and whatnot? And is that something you want? No, let's get rid of it. Right. And let's save some money. That's so, cool. I, want, I, I can't it. wait for that one. I know. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to tune in either. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can't wait to do the research and learn so that I can teach you guys Great. some helpful tips. Awesome. We'll well, that's all we got today, Patrice. All right. Jeff Green, Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. Okay, folks, follow this podcast. So you don't miss any show. You learn so much and let your friends and family know you care by sharing. Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.